This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So that's what's really unique about Florida Gateway College. I think Hunter can speak to this. Most of these colleges, the athletics, so a state-funded college like we are, you technically are not a team. Now, it is a team, but under the technical umbrella, it's a, it's a club. That way they can fish for prizes and cash and that type of thing. So technically we cannot scholarship, but where we come into play and we this can really be our sweet spot is, A, the knowledge you're gonna learn from these three guys, but our tuition is, is it's $100 an hour. So you can come out with a full degree, an AA degree, 60 hours for under $6,000. So when you hear full scholarship from, and now SCAD, we can talk about them. I actually was recruited by SCAD for baseball 25 years ago. Um, it's a private school with a tuition that's probably 35 to 40,000. So when you're comparing apples to apples, I know our first recruits we're going to announce pretty soon that we we have committed behind the scenes are getting offers from some private schools that are 30 to 40 grand and their scholarship offers are getting $10,000 slips in the, in the mail. That's exciting, but the reality is you're moving away, you're spending 20 to 30 grand per year. We're state funded, the tuition is as affordable as you'll find anywhere, top level of education. And then from the Bass side, so our goal, it's not academic scholarships. There's bright futures, there's other ways we can do that financially, but we want to fund everything fishing. So our scholarship will be, if you want to call it a fishing scholarship for, for the sake of this discussion, we want to cover all their costs. We want to pay for entry fees and insurance and all the travel. So we basically want to get them fishing two full tours, cover all their costs, fish with this Hall of Fame staff, and like I said, for a very minimal fee, come and get a good education for two years, and then potentially we have four-year programs we don't know. It's ground zero. I'm Ron Riles. I'm Rob Chapman. I'm Shaw Grigsby. I'm Hunter Bland, and this is the Tom Rowland Podcast. That was a good one.
Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode. Today's episode takes place in Lake City, Florida. My friend Rob Chapman invited me down there to do a podcast with a really interesting group of people who are doing something pretty cool. They are starting a college bass fishing team. They're getting pretty serious about it. Rob Chapman, Hunter Bland, Ron Riles, they all get together and they also bring in uh, legendary pro bass angler and all-around awesome guy, a mentor of mine as well, Shaw Grigsby. And so we sit down and learn about how they're going to launch this program and what their plans are for the future. Stand by for an awesome conversation with Rob Chapman, Hunter Bland, Ron Riles, and Shaw Grigsby. All right, and we are live. Man, what a group of people I have around me right now. Ron Riles, Rob Chapman, Shaw Grigsby, and Hunter Bland. Wow. It's pretty awesome, man. What it's a dream a, team. It's a dream team. <laughs> it, it, it might be a nightmare. <laughs> Minus myself. It's a dream team. It could be a nightmare. It could be the dream team. If it were the dream team, what would it be the dream team of? So this is... Uh, Kind of the vision that we had at Florida Gateway College to start a brand new bass team. And when they said start from ground zero, I said I wanted the three best coaches we could find. So that's why I'm calling them the dream team. That's what I've called them from the start. And it's pretty amazing we've come this far this quick. It's only been about a month and a half. So you're, this is literally ground zero of a college bass team. So a month and a half into this, um, how does it even get started? And why, why that particular university? So I work at Florida Gateway College, been there about 10 years, and I do website marketing, enrollment, the fun stuff. And obviously fishing's a passion of mine. I've been on your show before, Tom, and usually saltwater. I moved to freshwater, live on a lake, and I guess it all kind of started for me with Hunter Bland, who's on the show with us right now and one of the coaches, listening to him talk about his experience at University of Florida. And I kind of just, after listening By to By the way, talk, that's, that's right. <laughs> go Gators. Okay, go, go ahead. Gators everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, but listen to Hunter talk to the high schoolers about the next level. And so what's happened locally at our, our five-district service area, we've got a booming high school fishing population. And Hunter kind of inspired me with what he was doing at UF. And when the president came to me and talked about potentially getting a bass team off the ground, my immediate first thought was, I don't know that much about bass fishing. Uh, Ron is my personal guide who's taught me a lot the last couple of years up at Bienville Plantation, but it's not my wheelhouse. Saltwater fishing is my wheelhouse. So my first thought was let's get three of the best coaches and diverse coaches in terms of their knowledge and their backgrounds and their ages and their experiences and pretty much give the best experience to any potential incoming college freshman how, that wants to learn how to bass fish and not just bass fish, but bass fishing competitively. Yeah. So college bass fishing is growing by leaps and bounds, right? You're you hunter or college bass fisherman. You fished at where University, University of, Florida? of Florida. Yes, sir. University of Florida. So, in your opinion, what's the momentum like in the college bass world right now? Uh, I mean, it's it's ex growing exponentially, and I mean, it started off kind of slow, I think, and you used to see guys, you know, everybody was in like a Columbia or AFCO button down, and they'd have a few patches on it, and now everybody's got, you know, sponsors that are behind them and such, but I think it really took off. Uh, you see, saw guys like Matt Lee, Jordan Lee, you know, Jordan Lee won back-to-back Bassmaster Classics. You saw a lot of guys like that set the tone for college bass fishing, and everybody you know saw it on espn or the fishing network things like that and they realized that 
while there's a legitimate career path here, I can be getting a degree. You know, you can get a bachelor of science, even an AA, something to fall back on if fishing doesn't work out. But at the same time, you're competing for a shot in the Bassmaster Classic or fully funded, you know, wrapped boat and truck they get used of for a year if you win the Bass College bracket. So people really had no clue what opportunities were out there. And it was highlighted by like Jordan and Matt Lee and things like that. And now everybody's got a taste of what you can do in the industry through college fishing and all the networking and, you know, the marketing, the business side of it, plus the fishing that you can learn and compete at such a high level at college. And now it's just, I mean, it's busted wide open. Wow. And so with it busting wide open, you're having more and more colleges that are bringing on teams. And, you know, my son thought about uh, competing for SCAD and was talking to them. And then that tournament has sent, or that, that team has since dissolved. But to my knowledge, and I could be wrong about this, but to my knowledge, this is the first time that you have someone of Shaw's level coming in as a coach. Now, I think that's huge because Shaw and I go way back. And (laughs) Shaw has been a mentor of mine and helped me more than you'll ever know. But you come with such an incredible amount of knowledge for somebody that wants to do this for a living, not just in technical fishing, but in sponsorship, in, in overall, you know, professionalism in, in the, every area of it, you're bringing something to the table. Is there another coach that like a, a real professional that has done this for many, many years, like yourself, that is into the college bass world? Uh, not that I know of. And, you know, there might be, but, you know, I'm still competing. So, uh, you know, I don't keep up as much with the college. And that's, you know, that's why the, the team that we have, you know, put together right here really complements each other. You know, each of us kind of handle, you know, the different parts of it. But, uh, you know, you, you ask Hunter about the how big college is. It's ridiculous. When I started fishing, you know, you were just a bum going fishing. Right. You know? <laughs> and, and, and then... And then now it's you got junior angler clubs, you got, you know, high school clubs and leads to college scholarships and you got college clubs in almost every college across the nation. It's ridiculous. And then uh, and then they go straight to the pros. So uh, what a great I mean, it's no different than football or basketball or any other sport. So it's uh, it's really fun. And so, you know. I, I think this is neat because I've always loved to teach. You know, that's been part of, you know, one more cast when I did the show. And it's been a part of who I am from the start of uh, doing seminars because I always felt if you taught somebody how to fish and, and uh, you know, how to do it, then they're going to go out and enjoy it. And once you get them outdoors, it's a change of life. So, uh, so that's pretty much, you know, I'll bring some of that professional aspects of knowledge of all the tournaments and stuff. And then we've got, you know, we got marketing, we got, and, and, and right now, uh, Ron fishes on the opens right now, which is exactly, you know, I did that up until just a few years ago. So, um, so we got competitors, and, and people that are out there that really know the stuff to keep this thing going. I think it's a good team. It's an interesting kind of idea that in the coaching, I mean, good good choice on the, the coaches that you have because Hunter was a college fisherman, and now you have Ron fishing kind of the next step. Like, is that would that be the logical next step? Yeah, Ron guides. I mean, also he's on the water probably more than any of us. Really, and I mean, mm-hmm. I think I'm on the water some, but 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 he's he's on the water a lot, and and he's guiding people. So what that gives you, 
and I'll just let him tell you. But you're when you're on the water every day, and you know that because you guide it. Right. You, and when you're on the water every day, you keep up with it. Now you know what the fish do. You know, if this condition happens, this is what happens because he's he's seen it day in and day out. Cold front come in, clouds come in, wind change, all those things that change the fish. Ron can keep up with that, and he knows it. So that that aspect is is invaluable. And then you know, then I have some of mine from competing for so many years, and 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 Hunter, he he's run the whole team, so we got everything, you know. <laughs> right, and and you know, running the whole team—that's a huge important part um, about like teaching a young person or an angler or even, even an older person that's getting into this as a passion kind of thing. And, and I've already had Hunter on once and we had this conversation of there's a real fine line between doing something for a passion and then being able to keep your head above water and make it a, a business. And you, you always hear people say, it's not about the money. Okay. It's not about the money, but it is about the money because if you can't, keep your head above water, then you can't continue to do it. And like, that's a real, real important thing. I was very impressed with what he was telling me as a president of his bass club or the team about what all that, what all of his responsibilities were booking the hotel rooms, travel, gas money, where are you going to eat? What's the entry fee? How are we paying for all of this stuff? Those are things that people don't necessarily think about. I mean, even even people that have been doing it for a year or so are kind of like, huh, there's a lot of things that I haven't really been thinking about. And if you're getting someone kind of giving them this pedigree of, no, look, it's one thing to go catch fish and that's fine. And there are a lot of people that can catch fish, but it's the few people that can that can fund this in a way that it is driving everything in the in one direction of success. And I think it's interesting that Ron is next because uh He's got the guiding thing, but then he's also fishing kind of the next logical step out of college and giving them that kind of uh, uh, what that's like. Like uh, how many people that are fishing that that uh, level are doing that without any other job? Uh, probably very few, except for the ones that are on, you know, the maybe the elites or the major league fishing, the Bass Pro Tour or something like that. But most of them have a, a full-time job. Right. The, and so that's something that, that people need to understand. Like, okay, you know, you're going to get out of this college bass fishing and somebody might, I guess there's a way that you could make it right into the elite series. But for the most part, you're going to need to take this next step. And right. this is what that next step looks like. So how bad do you really want this? Like, like, don't you see that that is like a major stepping stone for, for, for people. And you, you give a lot of good, uh, uh, life lessons there of like, this is what it looks like. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely not an easy road to get to the elites, but it, I mean, it is possible. So, I mean, it's, it, it's, a, it's a good step and it's a, it's a long road and hopefully we can prepare them for that. Right. And so another thing that's interesting here, too, is that that Rob is um, an expert at social media. And Shaw, how how have things changed? Like as you look at young anglers and like when I first met you, there was no social media, no email. There wasn't anything like that. And and you gave me probably the best piece of advice I've ever gotten in my life. And Rich and I have taken it to the bank and, and lived by this piece of advice every single day. We still talk about it. You are worth your audience. I don't know if you remember telling me that, but you told me that. And I was like, 
okay, that's a very simple piece of advice, but I took it to heart and I was like, okay, well, if that's what that means, then I'm going to start writing articles and I'm going to start taking photographs and I'm going to give free seminars and I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to grow this audience. And now you have tools that we never even dreamed of back then. So a kid could have a social media profile that has hundreds of thousands of people. And, you, and so you're bringing this education in full circle now with Rob, who, in my opinion, knows how to grow social media better than anybody I've ever met in my life. So do you anticipate that that's going to be a oh, part of this? It's going to be huge. Uh, you know, I have sponsors. And so, you know, when I started, it was all about your performance, how, how, how well you do. And then, or going from back then to now, it's like your performance and then social media. And social media is a major criteria in getting and retaining sponsors. It's And it's about how many likes you have, how many subscribers you have, how many people are looking at, how many eyeballs you can turn to get people to buy that product. And, and so if you have a good social media program, Rob... <laughs> then, then you've got it made. And so having somebody like that is, is like I said, we got a great team. Everybody has their part and their piece that they can, they can really excel at and really help out. And I'm just excited about the future of this club. It's going to be neat. Uh, Gateway college is going to be fun. Yeah. So at this point in your, um, in your life, Shaw, do you find that you've kind of found yourself in a place in your life where you kind of have this time to donate to this? Mm. Not or, quite, or but, but this is, yeah. so, so here, here's, here's what, what I always felt. I always felt that when I retired from competitive angling, that I would coach. I mean, that's kind of what you, what you would think you would do. Um, as long as you can do it, you're going to do it. And then when you're kind of like, I'm, I really don't have it anymore, then you coach because you still have all that knowledge. And so, um, and so that's really what I've always wanted to do and felt I would do when I retire. How long is it before I retire? I don't know. It could be two years, could be three, but uh, may only be one. You never know. But the bottom line is I know I'm closer to that, much closer than I was 10 years ago. And so this is just a perfect situation. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So how do you think, Rob, that you will recruit the the anglers or the teams or do you already have them? Well, I think recruiting number one is who, you, who we're looking at right here. It's these three guys. So <laughs> that's kind of when, you know, the president, uh, Dr. Larry Baird at the college uh, came to me and said, you know, what? What do you think? Can we get it off the ground? My first thought, and I called all three of these guys, was I want to have an all-star team of coaches. To me, that's to me. It's just like you're talking about with the TV show and your audience. Our audience is potential recruits. What's the best way to get potential recruits? Is to have an all-star coaching staff. Um, and I, like we talked about, Shaw too, and and all, and all these guys, we're building this like a competitive athletic team at any level, like a high-end D1 football team. It starts at the top. So I'm excited to have all these guys on board and like we've mentioned, but they all have different roles. They have have different experiences, and I think all of that comes together, and, and we've kind of got the perfect team of covering all the bases. And, and uh, I know once we put it out there, we teased it a little bit just locally and on social media, and literally while we were having our first meeting, people were in my office trying to get on the team. Really? And we haven't officially announced it yet. It was just a teaser on Facebook. So, and they don't even, they don't even the know about these guys. Yeah, <laughs> They just knew we had a team. So one of the un unique things for us, Tom, too, is that – where we where we live, Lake City, Florida, is we are very close to Bienville Plantation, some unbelievable water to fish, and we have a reputation, we've had a reputation nationally and internationally for our golf and landscape operation program, um, some different things. So we're a small school, and I think 
I think with I maybe you were talking with Hunter earlier about the number of enrollment at the college. It's about six thousand students, so it's a small rural area, but we can have a massive impact. And that's what you're seeing on the college scene is some of these small schools that are really getting after it with the sponsorships and the scholarships and all that. You can fish against anybody at any time, and that's that was one of my big selling points of the president is from day one, we're going to be competing against University of Florida and Texas A&M and Auburn and. University of Minnesota. I mean, there's. I think there were, how many boats did you say were in the last, or how many teams in the last? Two hundred. The one they just finished on Toledo is two hundred and forty-five. So two hundred and forty-five boats from across the nation, and from day one, a little small school like us can make a big-time impression. And then, like I said, with you mentioned these three guys, at some point, you're going. They're going to learn, and they're going to pick their brains, and they're going to get something from all three of them at every level. And it's funny to our age diversity. I think we were kind of making fun of that, but. <laughs> Hunter's 24. Yes, sir. Ron's 41, 42. I'm the same age. Shaw, a little I'm bit older. Ancient. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you go to the, it goes to the point. It, the fundamentals never changed in this. It's grow your audience, do it the right way. And, and what, what all three of these guys, so this was my dream team, and I was afraid one, two, or three of them may have said no because this is brand new. There is, you mentioned earlier, is there a coach like Shaw? There's, there's nobody like that at this that I've seen, and Hunter lives and breathes this. It's <laughs> – it's ground zero. So basically, my president said, "Here's a blank slate. What do you want to do?" And I said, "I want to get, I want to get Shaw. I want to get Hunter for his nod. I want to get Ron, and they've supported me. So without them, this doesn't happen. But it's a unique opportunity because what we talked about in the last meeting, recruiting, potentially may be turning more people down than we're actually recruiting because there's only X number of spots that you can, in theory, fish, and." So it, it's going to be a unique – we're going to find out a lot. We have no idea what's going to happen. Once this podcast airs and we turn on the social media and we mention the names uh, associated oh. with – yeah, hang how, on. How, what is, um, what's the potential of having a scholarship or any sort of financial aid associated with, with bass fishing? I mean, I know that that was something that was being offered to my son or being teased out there a little bit for the SCAD program, but, like, how does it – and, and maybe that's been going on for a little bit longer or something. I don't know. But when you're starting from ground zero, what does it look like? So that's that? what's really unique about Florida Gateway College. I think Hunter can speak to this. Most of these colleges, the athletics, so a state-funded college like we are, you technically are not a team. Now, it, it is a team, but under the technical umbrella, it's a, it's a club. That way they can fish for prizes and cash and that type of thing. So technically, we cannot scholarship. But where we come into play, and we this can really be our sweet spot, is a the knowledge you're going to learn from these three guys. But our tuition is is it's a hundred dollars an hour, so you can come out with a full degree, an AA degree, sixty hours for under six thousand dollars. Wow! So when you hear full scholarship from and now SCAD, we can talk about them. I actually was recruited by SCAD for baseball twenty five years ago. Um, it's a private school with a tuition that's probably thirty five to forty thousand. So when you're comparing apples to apples, I know our first recruits we're going to announce pretty soon that we've we have committed behind the scenes are getting offers from some private schools that are 30 to 40 grand and their scholarship offers are getting $10,000 slips in the, in the mail. That's exciting. But the reality is you're moving away. You're spending 20 to 30 grand per year. We're state funded. Tuition is as affordable as you'll find anywhere. Top level of education. And then from the bass side. So our goal, it's not academic scholarships. There's bright futures. and There's other ways we can do that financially, but we want to fund everything fishing. Mm -hmm. So our scholarship will be, if you want to call it a fishing scholarship for, for the sake of this discussion, we want to cover all their costs. We want to pay for entry fees and insurance and all the travel. So we basically want to get them fishing two full tours, cover all their costs, fish with this Hall of Fame staff, and 
like I said, for a very minimal fee, come and get a good education for two years, and then potentially we have four-year programs. We don't know. It's ground zero. So, How many tournaments would be in a full season? Like you said, two. you want them to fish two, two tours. So we're looking at the Bass and the FLW Tour. And each of those have three qualifiers, Hunter can three or four qualifiers, depending on the series, and then the national championship. So potentially seven to eight tournaments. And here's one of the cool things with us, and, and, and Ron can vouch for this, is, is Bienville Plantations in our backyard. So hopefully we get to fish some tournaments, quote-unquote qualifiers, to fish on our team. So say we get – our goal is to have 10 anglers that we pay for completely go fish these tournaments. We may have 50 potential anglers come up to the college and say we want to fish. So how do we get from 50 to 10 when we fish qualifiers? Hmm. So that's where the unique part of this discussion is we don't know. There's a lot we don't know about this, and the college doesn't know. And these guys don't know either. This is There's never been a college bass team that's been assembled like this. What about um, um, like equipment? Like if a kid wanted to do this, would he have to have a boat or she have to have a boat? So that's one of the unique parts of this also is where we're recruiting, we have a Columbia High School is one of the local high schools. They have 43 anglers currently on the team, which is the highest in the state of Florida, maybe in the entire U.S. So all 43 of those anglers carry their own insurance, have their own boats, have their own rods and reels. So if you're looking, if we're talking about strictly recruiting versus who wants to come and fish regardless, if we're recruiting them, they probably already have their own boat. They, they're competitively fishing. Hunter's already seen these guys. It's They're already, without knowing who Hunter is, have come to him knocking down our door about the potential to fish at Florida Gateway College. So it's a... Uh, it's never easy, but with these coaches and our location and the foundation with the recruits we already have in-house, it's, uh, we've got a good head start. So in terms of boat and everything like that, I'm pretty sure they're going to they're gonna have their own boats. Now, what we actually talked about in Shaw, I think, mentioned this, if we won one of the tournaments, you win a boat. Mm. Well, then all of a sudden that's a club boat. It's a right. college boat that the team can use. So um, that's also where sponsorships come in. Potentially we can talk to some boat manufacturers and – um, some engine. There's all there's all kinds of variables in this. What probably Hunter? I guess you would be the one that would know this the best. But what would the minimum viable boat be in a college tournament? That's a it's an interesting question because I qualified for an SEC championship with FLW in a 17 foot aluminum boat that the live wells worked, the gas gauge did not, <laughs> and that's uh, you had like a four inch graph. And, I mean, you just pretty much went fishing. You will see a lot of that in college fishing because in college fishing, it's a it's a stepping stone. Right. So it's pretty much anything that floats, is steering wheel driven, is meets all Coast Guard regulations, has a live well. I mean, that's what you can go fishing in. Now, you will see, you know, brand new, top of the line, everything's out there. And it'll look like, you know, an Elite Series or, you know, Bass Pro Tour event. Um, but you can... Like I said, if it meets Coast Guard regulations and has a live well, you can go fishing. <laughs> I'll go back real quick to that question about do they have to have a boat? And I guarantee if if it's an angler, he or she, that's really quality, we don't have to worry about a boat. <laughs> we, we want them to be on the team. And so uh, I don't think there's a – that's not a, a – a, thing that would disqualify somebody hey i don't have one so i can't do that no if if you're a quality angler and 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 we hear about you and we can check your record and see how good you are and maybe fish with you and and uh i got a feeling we got a spot we'll for a you yeah. <laughs> come on well it is a team thing right so it's two person team yep. yes now is is there a women's team and a men's team or mix it's mixed okay so actually and at the high school level 
uh, I want to say out of their 43 anglers, a quarter of those are, are female anglers. So that that's the beauty of the sport too. Is it's uh, you know Title IX and and, and it's college sports. This beats every. It checks every box because anybody, as you mentioned, that that has a boat that floats, um, or not doesn't. And so I just point, might not even need a boat. But male, female. Uh, one of the unique things when we we had our first kickoff meeting last week. So this this podcast is as fresh as it gets because we, for the first time ever, all of us got together a week ago, other than some phone calls over Christmas break. Um, there's no age limit. It's a club, so it's not like. So for me, I played three years of college baseball, or four years. Um, so in theory, my eligibility is gone, but this is a club. So there's no, if you, if you want to come and fish, and that's where we're going to have to figure out the qualifications. Is it six credit hours? So that, that's the nitty gritty stuff we won't get into in the podcast. But we could have 56 year olds coming out that say, I want to go back to college and get a welding degree. Yeah. That was all Shaw's. Me and Shaw. <laughs> Me and Shaw gonna, Shaw's coming back. At Tom's we're going to team that's up. Right. We're going to be our get, first team. We're going to get a welding degree. That's right. <laughs> I've always wanted to learn how to weld. That's right. I have. See that? You guys can fish together on the tour and then get your welding certification yeah. and everybody wins. I'm with that you, man. There we good, go. Man. We got our first team committed right here on air. There it is. Perfect. I'll even, I'll even throw in some some free coaching. There you go. Um, nice. I don't know what We're I can stacked. coach on. but yeah. It's a yeah. good start. And Hunter and Ron can come back too. Either. There it is. You can be co- like Pete Rose. You can be coaching and fishing at the same time. Wow. This is really kind of an interesting thing because uh, in, in on the one hand, you know, it seems like the natural progression but the natural progression leads to, you know, competition, you know, rising tide lifts all ships. So as you start bringing in coaches like you have, and of course with Shaw, that it, what it's doing also for you and your contemporaries is this is offering a, a different career path. Like, okay, so now maybe, maybe you're getting tired of, of fishing the, the, the pro tour or whatever here, you know, you could, a, after you do it, then you could have another professional angler in his area or her area or wherever start maybe down the coaching path. And hopefully it leads to like, that's the natural thing to do that you once you're, once you're done fishing professionally, then you now coach. Yeah. I could see that easily. You know, that, that, uh, a lot of the guys that are, you know, out there fishing competitively are top, top guys that, you know, after, 10 years or, or so on the tour or 15 and they've done what they needed to do. And then they just sit back, you know, uh, I want to take on this challenge, a new challenge mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and see how well we can coach and get the teams up and, and compete at that same level that they did on tour. So, uh, that's kind of a, that's kind of what I'm looking at. And I got a feeling you're going to see a number of them do it. Yeah. I do too. I think it's, I think it's really cool. What do you think? Um, like when you, when you think about this show, you think, man, and- it's almost like the question: If you could talk to a to a eighteen year old Shaw Grigsby right now, what would you say to him? I mean, that's kind of your opportunity here. Is you're kind of like, okay, if I could go back to, I mean, of course, many things have changed. Like we talked about social right. media, you got all these other things, but like Rob said, the fundamentals basically stay the same. So when you're thinking about this, like, what are the most valuable lessons that I could pass on to 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 this team? What comes to mind for you? Wow. There's so many, but, uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's going to be working on your techniques and your, and your fishing 
first. Work on your social media and your uh, marketing and advertising skills because that's going to be a big part of what you do. Uh, and you know that as as a television host, you know that it's not just television. It's that you have to, to retain sponsors and to have these sponsors, you have to make a dent in their bottom line. So they have to be able to, to know that what you talked about or showed, you know, I caught them on this bait, that it moves the needle, they sell more product. And then they're like, Oh yeah, we gotta, we gotta have this guy. And that's kind of, so there's so many different aspects of being a competitor and being your own businessman. So you have to have a little bit of business background. So, you know, I'm sure we're going to try to impart every bit of knowledge that we have to take that guy from that 18 year old, you know, fresh out of high school and bring him into being the best professional they can be. It's interesting. And so I immediately gravitate towards, man, Shaw is going to teach these kids like the ins and outs of all the, the sponsorship and all of these things. But then you're, these kids are going to be in a university setting. So what classes do you think are important? What, what major would you kind of, if somebody really wanted to be a professional angler or really wanted to have a career in the outdoors, I see this all the time they gravitate towards forestry or they gravitate towards something else because that's the way that they can be outdoors. It's that's, that's the way that they see that they can study something in school that will land them in an outdoor thing. But you and I, and everybody here knows that there are plenty of ways that you could, exactly. you could be outdoors. And, exactly. and some of those might take a business degree and some of them you might, you might benefit from a marketing, marketing degree. degree or like, what, what would you, you know, you're going to have this opportunity to be kind of coaching these kids, not only in, in what bait to use, but like, what should you be studying? Where should you be putting your time? You have this opportunity to learn from a university setting, but also to learn from a real world setting like yourself. What kind of things would you be advising kids well, you know just like you said i i, I look at mike iconelli mar marketing degree and he's one of the top in the world uh, ken cook in his years he was a fisheries biologist so you have all that that you can utilize anyway with you want to concentrate on the business side of it you can look at that marketing that advertising you know anything in that line uh, business major is extremely good because you have to handle your own business so that facilitates part of it. You can also go, if you much prefer the outdoor line, then you could do in the fishery biology or anything that gets you outdoors that keeps you in touch with that. So um, it, it's really, and I never want to push somebody to do this or this. I want to see what their strengths are and then kind of direct them to what would be best for them. So a lot of times, you know, they really just don't want to be in that inside, you know, in front mm -hmm. of a computer, they want to be outside. So then you direct them towards those pathways. And, uh, but like you said, there's a lot of ways to get to the top. Right. I and mean, I'll, like, like I'll, I'll chime on there. If yeah. you don't mind, Tom, too, specifically on the Florida Gateway College side. So we are founded as a community college. So we offer a two-year AA degree. So going to your point, Shaw, and our Tom, when you said an 18-year-old Shaw Grisby, if you had said 18-year-old Rob Chapman, my decision was, I don't know what I want to do. I'm right. 18. I wanted to play baseball, and I love the medical field, and I wanted to go into be a physical therapist. Well, guess what? By the time I had redshirted a year, blown out my elbow, was 21, I had my AA degree, and then I went on to a four-year path of a totally different direction. So 
one of the unique things that Florida Gateway College specifically offers is is a two-year degree. Get your AA, get your fundamentals, and then you can transfer to any four-year school that you want and choose that path. So it's almost uh, you're learning the fishing. It's, <laughs> it's not a fishing degree, but you're learning the fishing side at the same time you're getting those core classes. So it, it buys you a two- to three-year window, three-year in my case, to decide which path you ultimately want to go. And then I went into marketing and web and digital media. But again, I was a, at 18, I thought I was going to be a doctor. <laughs> at 20, I sat in a classroom and saw blood and almost fainted. So I said, <laughs> I'm going to go another direction. So, I mean, that's where I think we kind of got a unique opportunity is, yeah, take your time. Come here. We'll figure out, we'll figure out the credit. Again, we're not going to get into the nitty gritty on this podcast, but Sean makes a great point. I mean, that's where we also have certification problems, welding, cosmetology, uh, HVAC. Nursing. So, Nursing, absolutely. I mean, so there's so many different paths you can go, and and to me, I I have young daughters and uh, ones in middle school. I don't want her to be in that fast forward mode at 18 to finish their degree and pop through. I want to take their time and figure out who they are and do what they want to do. So, I think this kind of gives if they if fishing's their number one passion, you guys make a great point. What's the best career for that? It's whatever they love to do outside of fishing. So. For me, it was the digital side, so it was a natural transition. I don't, I don't even know what your degree was in. My degree is in forest resources and conservation. There you go. And, so. and you're talking to kind of my whole thought process over the last 10 years uh, because pretty much I was like, oh, I love to be outside. I love to hunt and fish. I wanted My dream was to manage, like, like professionally, I wanted to manage, like, deer hunting properties. So I'd been on some big hunts and stuff like that, and I was like, oh, I'll manage timber and do wildlife management. And then I started running the bass team and now I'm doing, you know, I'm speaking on boating safety and then fishing the opens and stuff. And collectively I do that full time and realize everything that I learned in forestry is the conservation aspect, but everything that I learned to be successful in the business side of the fishing industry, I learned running the bass team. (laughs) So it's like, that's some of the stuff that I hope to share. Just like these guys are talking about is like, don't necessarily put it on fast forward and soak up every moment. Like something that Shaw could teach you in the classroom fishing wise can help on the water but it could help in sponsorships and that could you know be how you make your living down the road because of the business side so i mean it's 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 pretty cool that you can get a degree but at the same time be you know under leadership and and fishing to potentially be working on a second career path Mm -hmm. you know you're almost you're you're learning multiple things while going to college it's pretty cool yeah yeah yeah, I sure wish they'd have had that when I was in, you know, getting out of high school and all and had the college fish and stuff. It would have been, <laughs> I'd have probably went a different direction a little bit. I certainly didn't know anything about opportunities to fish in college. That would, that would have been a, a game changer for me. But I was so lost at that age. I mean, like I, I look at my kids and, and lots of their friends and I'm thinking, man, these guys got it way more together than I did. I, I literally didn't have any idea what I wanted to do and found fishing, um, shortly after, like I went, it was in my first year of college is when I, I went to Yellowstone national park and worked there for a summer. And I was like, wow, this is all different. I didn't even know this existed. And that put me, put my whole life on a different path just, uh, just from that one experience. But then that's what this could be for so many kids is that you come, you come to this school, you think, Oh, I'll fish for a little bit. And then you learn, Oh, well, fishing is not just fishing. It's marketing. It's business. I learned how to run my own business. I, I became the, the, the president of the club and we had to learn finance and we had to learn, you know, how to balance the, the, the club checkbook and, you know, how to 
how to go and sell ourselves. Like it's, it's an interesting kind of thing for a young person. And, and it's a really great opportunity for someone to come along and, and be able to be surrounded by, by this group of people. I mean, that's, that's something. We're excited. I mean, we, we really are. It's going to be a, a neat, fun endeavor. Yeah. So, um, what I ask, um, I asked Ron earlier, if you were to blue sky this, uh, and, and think what would, what would success in year one look like? I honestly, I think it's, it's getting out there, you know, year one, it's getting out there. I, I think, you know, and I know a little bit that's, I got to keep, keep quiet, but we, we're going to have some pretty good little fishermen on our team. So, you know, if we, if we do good in a couple, that'll be great. Um, but really it's getting your, getting your feet in the water, you know, getting the team to be successful monetarily is going to be the first challenge. And from there, then we can succeed on the water. Mm -hmm. Do you have ideas about having the team be successful monetarily? Cause I think all of us have a little bit of idea on that, yeah. but I mean, it probably, it probably doesn't come strictly from the university, right? I mean, no, at some point, we, it's, at some it's point you've got a, you got a sponsorship. Yeah. It's all sponsor dollars that we have to, we have to, uh, see how we funnel it into the club, you know, get some people. And you know what, you know how it is. It's that's the hardest part of our business yes. as professionals is getting that. And, uh, so getting that is going to be uh, the challenge, the big challenge, the yeah. starting challenge. And that's the unique part of the college setting is being a state-run university. We and, and these art scholarship athletes, the money we raise is what's going to pay for the club. So that's you talk about real-world knowledge. These high school fishermen are going to come in and we're going to say from day one, you're going to go talk to sponsors. You're, you're shy. You don't want to talk. If you want to be successful in this industry, shy. you guys, all three of you know, you better get over it. And you better be willing to kind of step out of your comfort zone. So, yeah, from day one, this is uh, to get a little bit technical. We're essentially setting up a foundation, an account through our foundation where all the sponsorship money will go. And that will be earmarked for fishing specifically. So, blue sky, the sky's the limit. I'd love to raise our goal the first year is $25,000 through sponsorships. And that will pay for 10 anglers to fully fish both tours completely. Blue sky, we go double, triple, quadruple that. And then the sky is the limit. We can stock our lakes on campus. We can do different things. We can, um, you know, get a club boat there. I mean, there's just so many potential resources out there um, that we can use through the fundraising. And then, like, I think I heard Hunter talking about this in his podcast earlier about in, as a potential sponsor, instead of just one jersey or two jerseys, you're talking 10, 12, 14, 16 jerseys. So real world practical side of this if we can raise money and it's blue sky year one obviously i think it is just getting our feet wet showing up getting our name out there um if if you put a bow on all this the the way i had to sell it through the college and the support we received through the college it was if the money's not right it doesn't work so our our terminology for this is a fiscally responsible path to a national powerhouse so that's the blue sky to me within a couple years we are competing with the big boys we're having top anglers at the different tournaments and we're competing for national championship within a couple of years. The irony of this, we're sitting here, it's early 2020, early 2021. We may have a top ranked recruiting class that's already come in and we have some of the best anglers right in our backyard and we may be competing for national championships right off the bat. So blue sky year one, that's, that's ultimate goal. Is that reality? Maybe, maybe not, but we don't know. I mean, they're going to, they're going to learn everything from these three guys right here with how to be the best fisherman they can possibly be at that age. And, 
we're going to put the resources behind them to make them successful right away. That's awesome. So will, will sponsorship, like you're obviously not going to do it for them. I mean, you're a big part of this club and everything, but I don't think that you're going to leverage everything you've done to, to bring sponsors into this. I mean, they're going to have to go do it themselves. Right. And the club is going to have to, um, uh, be able to sell their own sponsorships, but you can coach them up on best practices on, on things. What do you think, um, some of the lessons that are the most important for a young person to know about sponsorship? Uh, you know, the biggest thing I see is, is that, uh, and, and I just left the show just, just, just to this morning, but I was there last night and yesterday all day and the day before and you had a lot of high school teams coming in and they were from all over the country and they're searching every bait company, every manufacturer, every place they could just to see if they can get sponsorship. And, um, I think the biggest thing that I remember that the way I started was, uh, and, and that thank goodness we got robbed because this is, this is kind of how it can work is that you can really show them what, what you could do, uh, by getting your name in there first and then working for them and then showing them results. That's how you get sponsorship. Most of these kids go out there like this, mm -hmm. uh, you know, here I, I fish in the club and how much can we get? And, and that doesn't work very well because they get hounded. Every manufacturer, everybody gets hounded that way. So I think we can show what we have as a package and, and get our foot in the door and then work hard to make it work good for the sponsor, make it a very good beneficial deal for them. And then I think it's going to open the door. So I'm, I'm looking, you know, blue sky would be great if we got everything, you know, and, and got what we're doing. We're going to do a lot of local first, uh, because you can benefit them because right here, I mean, we're, we're right here in town. So after that, you know, it's the national stuff and keep working that way. Mm -hmm. And Ron made a good point, Tom, on that in our first meeting about the non-endemic sponsors. So, that's key because we're selling not just the fish. Fishing is obviously a huge component of it, but it's we're we're getting them an education. So that's that's where the uniqueness of the combination of a fishing club at a college is. We're selling more than just they're going to learn how to fish with the best fishermen on the planet. They're going to they're also be getting their degree or their certification at the same time. So when we first talked about this, the blue sky is just getting some of these kids their education. So just finishing a degree, they may not have gone that path. They may have tried to jump into this head first and never gone down that path. So from the college side, that's the unique selling point is if we get 50 to 60 anglers in two or three years, blue sky, that's 50 to 60 anglers of, of any age, 18 to 75 that are coming back and taking classes because of the fishing. So it's, it's almost flip flopped to me. And that's, what's unique about it as somebody who graduated from this college and went here 23 years ago as a baseball recruit coming full circle and saying, Hey, come fish with us. But in order to fish with us, you have to take a certain number of classes. You've got to commit to a certain educational path. Otherwise, you're not going to be fishing with us. So that's the unique part where if we can only have 10 people fishing, but we got 70, 80 people wanting to come, well, you've got some responsibility from the sponsorship side and the educational side to the college, and you've got to live right, do things the right way, where there's going to be a code of ethics and all that too. So, um, But Ron can speak to the non-endemic spot, so that was his idea, and um, pass it to him. What kind, what kind of ideas do you have for the non-endemics? Um, you know, not, I don't, I don't know right offhand what we'll, you know, we'll start with. I'm sure we'll start with some local stuff. Um, 
but you know just getting somebody outside of the industry because like y'all said earlier they get hit the people in the industry get hit every day with from college programs from kids from you know just wanting you know a sponsorship and it's not that easy unfortunately um so so if we can look outside of the industry and just outside of the fishing industry and find some and to offer for the college and because we're you know getting them degrees and stuff like that and we'll we should have plenty to offer the sponsors like that so it should work out pretty good for us yeah it's exciting it's exciting time man that's uh i don't know man i I just (laughs) i just think about if i if if i was a young man this would seem to be pretty pretty attractive to me um so you're going to be getting this this message out there through social media and and um other ways that young anglers could find out about it yeah so we are working on at the at the time of this this shooting we've we're working on the press release to make the announcement one of the things we did would didn't want to do is get ahead of ourselves and say hey here's our three coaches but at the college side they've got a we had to go through the jump through the hoops of the hr and all that stuff so we're doing all of our due diligence on the back end now uh, because I think once we turn on this faucet, like I said, it just got teased on social media just a little bit, and then nobody knows about these guys yet, and it already took off. So um, it's, it's, it is it's exciting, and it's kind of nerve-wracking at the same time because I don't know, like we said, we turn this thing on, there's, there's no turning it off. But um, but you sound interested, Tom. Do you want to be a part of this coaching yeah, I might. staff? I might. <laughs> I, I, no, I want to be one of the anglers. Okay. <laughs> He's coming back. Coach. That's right. You can take I'm some online classes. Yeah, we yeah, can make that no, work. I, I really have always wanted to learn how to weld. You and go. you just said you have a welding program. Yeah. So I've also always wanted to learn how to be a competitive bass fisherman. Um, I can help you with that. Yes, right. <laughs> I know. I know something and about I know being the welding a professional guy. red fisherman, and that one doesn't pay. Um, that's what I learned in my red fishing, <laughs> but bass apparently has, has a lot more potential for being able point. to make a living as a, you know, certainly, uh, Shaw has been able to do that. And so, uh, no, I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a great opportunity. And, um, you know, my son, uh, was very interested in, in fishing in, in college. And had this been an opportunity, I think we would have definitely, giving it a pretty, pretty hard look. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. Well, it's you exciting. make a great point, Tom. I know we're about ready to wrap this up that these guys as bass anglers to me, you're a saltwater guy. I'm a saltwater guy. I mean, I grew up fishing ponds and stuff, but nowhere near the level that when I fished with Ron the first time, he got 30 fish before I got one. <laughs> you talk about humbling, but bass guys to me are at, and at the risk of alienating all of my saltwater friends, but I, I don't, it, they are at another level of of the technical side of fishing. They know their lures. They know the techniques. Saltwater guys, a lot of times it's live bait, and, and you can hand the rod to anybody. And, and these these freshwater guys, so when I started fishing freshwater, it was by far the most humbling experience. And then I was blown away by their technical knowledge. It almost, to me, was like somebody who golfs for fun and then a guy on the PGA Tour. That's the level of difference in the quality of fishing that i've seen so seeing shaw and hunter and, and ron and these guys and these other guys in action it uh it's a whole nother level of fishing that i as a saltwater guy had never seen the money's there obviously the sponsorship so one of the unique thing about bass fishing if you're just talking about it overall all 50 states you can catch bass in snook my favorite fish you can catch in half of florida that's it so it's got a much bigger presence nationally and internationally i mean if you caught the world record largemouth bass weight wise you'd be an instant millionaire. So there's there's so much prestige there. 
but it also gets knocked at the same time. Where it's just a bass, but not the the level and the quality of these anglers. And I think you fished. You mentioned the redfish too, or the Watts brothers, mm-hmm. who I fished my first redfish tournament with was with Brian Watts. They were bass guys, and they were the best at the redfish tour. So, the technical side of fishing. That's what I'm saying. You're talking about what do you need your own boat and all this. Just what they're going to learn from these guys about bass fishing and then fishing in general is is their lifelong lessons that'll make them better anglers. For sure. I mean, there's no question about that. And some will go on to 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 fish at a higher level, and some will take the education that they have and and do something else with it. Yep. Um, but. I don't know. A lot of professional fishermen or, or a lot of prospective professional fishermen tend to think that it's either or like I could go to college or I'll just go on the tour. Of course, you have ultra successful ones like the ones that you mentioned that have degrees and are using those degrees to take their business and their fishing way beyond just winning stuff like Mike Canelli's a great example. He's very good at what he does. And, and then also he's, his wife is also very good at what, at, I mean, they're a good team, right? And you see that uh, often, but those are, those are lessons that, you know, I don't know. It's one thing, like you imagine an 18 year old kid's dad talking to him, like, sure. You want to try to make a living fishing and he, it's all good intention and stuff, but the kid just turns it off. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, nah, this is what I'm doing. But then to hear it from a group of people like, like we have surrounding me right now, all of a sudden, maybe they're like, okay, well, I understand you're, you're not trying to deter me from doing this. You're trying to help me along. That's a big difference. Sometimes when it comes from, you know, oftentimes, you know, with, your, with your, the people that are the closest to you, they might be the hardest to convince that this is a good path because they don't want to see you do something that's going to be difficult or you might fail or whatever and so it all comes with the best intentions but then that's why i think a lot of kids just turn it off like i don't want to hear it yeah. like it's going to be but it's different when when it's in a university setting and they're learning lessons that have been proven through all of all of these different people that are working in in and around the fishing industry that's a that's a great opportunity for for young people it's cool and you just phrased it a different way that made me even look at all this. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks to, to look at it completely differently is when we were growing up, if you had talked about your parents to go into college to fish, you'd been laughed out of the house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, it said you're on your own. Sorry, buddy. So this does it. It, it brings a unique merger of kind of the education, and the fishing side, all in one is a, from the parental side of things. Um, to know you can go with these guys who all, like I said, it's not just the fishing with these guys. It's all of them live the right way and do the right things and are, are great role models. And so – the banter I've had with them and the talks and behind the scenes that that's, I would completely trust my sending my 18 year old son or daughter to these guys and saying, Hey, I'm hands off. I trust you to teach him fishing, but I trust you to teach him how to be a good person and to do the right things and to, to live right on and off the water. And so you, you make a great point. I mean, you're recruiting me to now I've got one year eligibility. Well, left. There's, there's <laughs> one more piece of that puzzle. And it's like, when you go, this is, this is something that we're struggling with just a little bit in my household. When you go to a place to do something that you really love to do, like, let's just say some kid has a bass boat. They love to bass fish. That's all they want to do. So they choose a Florida school and they go there. Now there's the balance between going to school Going fishing, mm-hmm. going to school and going fishing. You spend too much time fishing. You're not spending enough time in school. Next thing you know, like this is what I told my son. This can be the best four months of your life or it can be the best four years of your life. You choose, right? So if you spend too much time fishing, 
then you, you got to get balance. cut off, yeah. right? But here, this is like a professional or like a collegiate sport. Like you have to have the grades to continue to fish, I'm sure, right? Mm-hmm. Like in anything. So if you don't have the grades, then you can't fish. And if you, you know, so that's kind of a different balance as far as like what you were talking about with the parents saying, okay, I'm okay with this. This sounds like a really good plan for me because now somebody else is going to be telling them that they're spending too much time fishing and they're not going to be able to go to this tournament if the grades aren't good enough. And that's, that's a whole different deal. Absolutely. And Hunter made this point to me about these potential student athletes that are coming up through us. We and Shaw, I know doesn't want to deal with this. And I know Ron doesn't want, but it's, I hate to say this, the helicopter parents. The, no, these are going to be 18 year old men and women that are, we're going to require to have responsibilities and do certain things. So that's the, you're making a great point for us and anybody listening to this. This, this is a two way street. So you're handing them off to us, but we're going to have, we're going to have, I know Shaw doesn't want to be holding any hands out there. We're going to teach them, but we don't want to, you're going to have some expectations to do things the right way and uh, keep the grades up. And as you said, you'll be yeah. ineligible well, quick. Like I, I really, really appreciate your optimism there, but you're going to have <laughs> helicopter parents. <laughs> <laughs> I got it out on air anyway. Someone <laughs> is handing off an 18 year old kid and they're going to be at every tournament and they're going to be yelling from the bank. Use the worm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're, you're right. going to have to make uh, rules in college fishing that is going to be like uh, tennis where you can't say a word somebody made a good choice in that rule a long time ago you cannot say a word Uh, unlike the wrestling like i don't know maybe you saw it just the other day but um this dad goes out his son got slammed and this dad runs out on the mat and just tackles this this kid and and so because i have such a history in wrestling and and I got a lot of people ask me, Hey, did you see this? I was like, yeah. And they were like, what did it surprise you? And I said, yeah, it's usually the mom that runs out there and tackles the people. It's That's not true. the dad. <laughs> like usually, get off my baby. <laughs> but I could see that you might have the same in fishing. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you, we were you talking blue sky. It was a good thought. <laughs> yeah. You'll have the helicopter parents, but either way, man, it's a, it's an awesome opportunity for a young person. And, uh, you know, kudos to you, Rob, for getting this together and, and, and for each of you guys, man, uh, for, for accepting this challenge, really, it's a challenge. It is a challenge. And, uh, and, and you've accepted it and, and you're doing great things to pass on your knowledge, hard earned knowledge, you know, each of you. So, uh, it'll be some lucky kids that get in that program, but, uh, I wish you all the very best with it. And, um, we've talked about how, uh, are there going to be social media accounts associated with this or can people learn more about it? Where can they, where can they go to find out more? All right. So at the time of the, we'll figure out the timing of this, but yeah, we'll have Florida gateway college bass masters is going to be the name. So FGC bass masters, the Florida gateway college bass masters, you can find us on all the social media and through the website, fgc.edu or just Google Florida gateway college. But you can find us there. We'll have Hunter's name as the first number to call for all those helicopter parents. <laughs> we'll keep Shaw off the grid. Ron will be the middleman. So, yeah, we'll um, yeah through Florida Gateway College, we'll get you to us, and we'll have all our information on there. And like I said, we're not going to get in the nitty gritty on here, but there's still a lot for us to figure out. So at the time of this talking, we're we're still figuring out a lot of things, and I'm sure we're going to be learning as well because this is Ground Zero, Blue Sky. We we got big eyes and big hearts and. 
big big ideas right now. So we'll see when the reality hits. All right. All right. Well, good luck with it. I really, uh, I think it's going to be a big deal. This time next year, we'll do another podcast and who knows, maybe you'll have a national title. I like that. One no, year follow-up. Like follow Blue up. sky prediction. Okay. We'll go. find out. All right. Thanks, guys. See Thanks, you. Thanks, Thank, Thank you. you.